Hello and welcome to the Spiraling Higher podcast hosted by me, Sam, Mindset and Manifestation Coach. And me, Gina, your Biz and Mindset Coach. We're here to support you on your spiritual journey by bringing you intimate and raw conversations about healing, manifestation, consciousness, and spirituality. We hope this podcast makes you feel less alone as you become aware of your patterns and limiting beliefs to uplevel your life, manifest like a boss, and together, spiral higher. Gina and I were just talking about when we actually came up with the name for Spiraling Higher, right, Gina? I'll never forget. I'll never forget. I was like, okay, you're going we're, we're, you're gonna to give me the progressive verbs, and then you're going to give me the adverbs. Yeah. Okay, go, go, go. Yeah. We were like jumping higher, <laughs> rising, rising yeah. lighter. Elevating was, higher. We yeah. were r- running high. Elevating yeah, we up. Like eleva- elevating up. Elevating <laughs> Spiraling. We were like elevating. <laughs> we were like sp- <laughs> and then fin- And then you finally said spiraling, and I was like higher. And then you were like, oh, oh, spiraling higher. And I was like, I, I think that's it. But I was like, we – we need to wait. Because I we went in for my a- Cairo appointment, remember? And I was like, I yeah, went. Yeah, you had to go. Yes. And then I called you, you back and you're like, this is it. And I was like, I already know, spiraling higher. And it was just done after that. It, it's so perfect. And then it's so perfect. And then we got matching tattoos. We're showing the screen right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, oh my gosh. I remember that was so much fun. I swear when our brains are together, there's just these little electric impulses that are like, dee, 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 dee. And then, like, as we get closer to the actual idea, it's like, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's kind of like the, the back sensor of the car when you're backing up. It's like, beep, beep, beep. And then when you get closer, it's like, ding, 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 ding. That's what it feels like exactly. to me. Exactly. Yeah. That's literally how I feel. And honestly, because, because of our friendship, I really can't stay in a low vibrational place for very long. I mean, I said that to you. You're – yeah, your vibe is just so high. And then it reminds me too of when we talked to Erin last week. She was – dude, she's connected. Like she – right? You felt that. Oh, I felt that. How tuned in she was. Definitely. Oh my gosh. When I re-listened to the episode, I heard it again from like a different perspective and was like, damn, Erin's tuned in. But even that conversation, I remember I was having a really hard day. I was experiencing a lot of contrast. <laughs> just a little. Erin sensed it too. Just a little. But – you know, I pulled through and then being in her energy and having that conversation made it vibrationally impossible for me to stay in a low vibe. Yeah. And so sometimes when it comes to even music, right, I'll throw – I saw this hilarious TikTok video that was like putting on LMFAO while I'm crying to see if it works. And she's just <laughs> – and she's – it's so funny. She's sobbing, okay? She's sobbing as she's like reversing and like moving the car out of the parking spot. And it's like, don't, 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 don't. Party, party rock. Yeah. Yeah. And she just starts literally laughing. She's like laughing, crying. And what's so funny about laughing and crying is those are like the same vibration, right? But just different forms of release. Yes. But both of them are relieving. And so she's laughing, crying, and it, it it literally made me die. And so music is one of the easiest, most potent ways to just shift your vibe. Yeah, it totally is. I've uncovered recently that there are three primary versions of me. <laughs> <laughs> right, and I've 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 pegged their names to identify them. Let's There's hear Samantha. Oh, right. There's Sa- Samantha. Samantha. She's she's wearing a blazer. Yeah, she's selling real estate. I, right. Yeah, she is in business meetings. She's she is doing things behind the scenes to make sure that Sam, mm. my primary identity, can function in the world and like have fun and be free. But in Vegas, everyone was introduced to Sammy. Ooh, <laughs> Sammy J threw down. And Sammy. Sammy is Sam, but drunk. <laughs> and she is 
so much fun. <laughs> I had so much fun embodying Sammy energy. And um, it was hilarious. There was several people who kept asking me what my name was. And I just kept saying that because I was like, that is, that's who I am right that's now. so funny. Like tomorrow, if you meet me tomorrow, it could be Sam. And if you meet me, you know, in a Zoom meeting, it could be Samantha. But you're getting Sammy right my, now. Uh, my alter ego's name is Giance. So that's that's mine. <laughs> I love Giance. People people don't know actually Gina's um <laughs> level of love for Beyonce. On, level of love for Beyonce, but also just R and B. Like you yes, were yes. you were such an early two thousands baddie and no one knows. Well, you know what's like, funny no. is also like I was really into like the nineties R and B, which is actually like ahead of my time. It was more my brother's age, but like a lot of like the super old school songs, um, like I said, that was before my time. But yeah, the two thousands R and B is where it was at for me. I mean, I still listen to those yeah. playlists right now. So um that's when Giancy so comes out. That's when Giance <laughs> comes out. Um, and I, I wish more people knew Giance. I feel that you need to you need to embody Giance a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw your videos and your your pictures of Vegas, and I've gone to Vegas and I've had that trip that you had four times. And so I got that out of my system, but it was kind of fun yeah. to see. I mean, I would actually love to go to Vegas with you, like you and I, uh, at Twin oh, we'd have Flame, so much fun. Vegas, uh, spiraling higher, Giance and Sammy. <laughs> Beyonce and Sammy <laughs> hit the strip. Um, yeah, Sammy had so much fun. Sammy went to Thunder Down Under, oh which my was God. the <laughs> so fun. <laughs> it was chaotic and so comical. Like it I was. Bet. It wasn't like you know you go and you're like drooling over yeah. them. Although they're obviously very fit, I'm just laughing uncontrollably. Honestly, sometimes I feel and, bad for them though, because for like a female yeah. stripper, you know, you're getting they're like, oh yeah, and then when guys come up, we're like, ha ha ha. <laughs> like laughing at them. It was that. uncontrollable laughter, yeah. but it was all love. It was all fun. Um, it was so funny. You know, they're, I don't know if you've been to the show, no. but they have those very long, skinny rectangular tables so that when the guys jump off the stage, they can like be walking down your table right. and, you know, dancing right in front of you. And I caught on very quickly that you don't get attention in the audience if you're in the middle of the table, Ooh. right? Because there's too many chairs. Yeah. You got to scoop back to the front or the or the back. So middle of the show, I just start like moving away from my group. And they're like, where the fuck are you going? And I was like, I'm going to the back. Like, I'm, I'm you know, I want to invite more space so that they can come into oh my, my energy. And it was so funny. This, this one guy like jumped down, like did his whole like pretending to grind. And I was just, I was eating it up. It was so much fun. But um, yeah, I mean, laughing the whole time. So funny. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like it's been a minute since I've gone to Vegas. I think the last time I went, I mean, it was before I had M, so maybe 10 years ago. Um, but I feel you like, were like my every age. time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I feel like every time I go, though, I'm like, I'm never coming back again. You kind of, you're done after a few days, but then a month later, you're like, I want to go back. So it was. You know what I learned, though, through, obviously, Kyle, our incredible guest mm. who we had on for episode 11. Vegas. He used the example yeah. of going to Vegas. Yeah. He literally was like, if you go to Vegas and you have a fun time there or you win money there, then you're going to attach your happiness to Vegas. But it's not Vegas. It's you being in alignment. Yeah. It's you being in the present moment. It's you being the vibe. And so something that I reminded myself before I went was Vegas isn't fun. I'm fun. Oh, my gosh. I love and that so, so much. <clears throat> 
Yeah, and so when I went there, I was like, it, this has nothing to do with Vegas. This has everything to do with the vibe I'm bringing. Yeah. And the vibe started like in the airport before we got there. Totally. So like, it wasn't That's Vegas. always the I was, best part. I was part. having fun the whole The best part is like going there. That's the best there. part. The journey's the best going part. Going there. The journey. <laughs> yes, and like I can't even, I, there was no destination to it. Like w- where was the peak? There wasn't. It was every moment right. just kept unfolding to reveal the next moment. And honestly, every night got better than the last night. And I was just like, wow, this just keeps getting better. And you know, I remember coming back from Mexico and telling you, oh, I think I have to move to Tulum because it was just like, it was just so incredible and expansive. And I remember being underneath the stars and the hot wind was in my face. And you were like, there's a lot of places where you can experience hot wind in your face. <laughs> but I was just, I was attributing my happiness and getting attached to Tulum. Yeah. And it had nothing to do with Tulum. And it's funny because now that I've realized, wait, the energy is me. It's not the place. Yeah. It's coming from me and my vibe. Now I'm able to release Tulum. And I had more fun in Vegas. I had more fun in New York. And so I'm realizing, wow, the fun goes where I go. So there's no reason to get attached to any person, anything, or any place. You know what's been really fun for me recently, you know, on that same topic that we've obviously both been talking about a lot I I try to almost recreate the feelings. Like when I do something really fun with you, like we went for ice cream that day or that time when we got to meet with your parents. And I try to like, try to recreate that feeling with, with nothing. And I've actually been able to do that. Like I remember leaving you a voice note, like I feel as good as I did in Seattle and I'm literally standing here in my pajamas about to go play video games with my husband and my daughter. And it feels like as good. And so I think just practicing that and just knowing that you have access to these feelings all the time um, is really yeah. freeing, at least for me. So, I think the biggest thing and um, a really huge integral part of my journey has been divorcing emotion from story mm. because – and that goes for positive and negative emotions, right? So when we experience a positive emotion, we might think it's because, oh, it's because I got this award yeah. or, oh, it's because I got this money or, oh, it's because I went to Vegas. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, you're just experiencing that emotion by and through you yeah. and primarily your thoughts and perspectives and judgments in that moment or lack thereof. And the same thing with negative emotion. Sometimes we think, oh, my, I feel so bad because like, quote, unquote, my life is falling apart or I feel so bad because, you know, I got fired and, you know, we can feel just as bad, you know, watching a TV show or whatever. But the feeling itself, what I'm realizing is the same. It's the story that changes. Mm. And so sometimes when I experience really negative contrast, I just remind myself, I've been through this emotion before. This, This emotion is not new for my body. The only thing that's new and novel is the story I'm telling myself about it. That is so powerful. Before we dive into the rest of this episode, I have to tell you guys about my newest part of my morning routine. For the past few months, I've been using an incredibly transformational app called Open. I've been sleeping better, I've been stressing less, and I'm having so much more energy and focus throughout the day, and I've been literally telling all of my friends and family, so I couldn't wait to bring them to you. Open is a mindfulness app built to transform your life, and you'll experience the power of combining breath work, meditation, sound, and movement to strengthen your mind-body connection. My favorite teachers are on this app, and I love that I have them with me anywhere, anytime. And the best part is they usually have classes that are under 10 minutes, so I literally can't not do it. Having a consistent breathwork practice has literally changed my life, and I know it will change yours too. This app is different from all of the other mindfulness apps out there, and I really want you to try it with me. And so you get 30 days free when you visit www.withopen.com slash Sam30. 
I hope you will experience open for 30 days. Give yourself the opportunity to see how things change when you practice something like this regularly. I'm so excited to see what it does for you. So again, you can join me on open by going to www.withopen.com slash Sam30. So it's crazy how much contrast we both experienced in the past couple weeks, hey? It's really weird. I feel like you and I are either on complete opposite sides mm. or we're in the exact same spot. Like I feel yeah. like that day I was texting you, we were both fully coming back. We're like, we're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. Yeah. We're back into alignment. And yes. I just I just want to normalize that for everyone because – I don't stay in a high vibrational state of positivity and gratitude all the mm. effing time. And, you know, my desire to is also attachment, right? Even wanting to stay in that state is like I'm attached to that state on my – on um, I'm relying on that for my good feelings rather than being – rather than relying on my awareness, right? Um, And relying on my awareness is the way that I can stay the most centered, regardless of what conditions are happening and feelings are coming and going. But yeah, I mean, last week before we recorded with Aaron, a few days before that, I was just experiencing a lot of things in my outer reality, actually, that I was perceiving to be bad unconsciously. Like, this is the worst. You know, this is my life being ruined. And I remember you called me and you were like... (laughs) Do you realize that you will be okay again? And I was like, no. No. You were straight up like, no, it won't. I was like, but you do believe that you'll eventually be able to be and happy then again. I dramatically oh. announced to you that I don't think I'm going to be happy again. And then <laughs> like fast forward, again. I go to Vegas and have like the best weekend of my life. Like, <laughs> So it's like this amount of contrast. I mean, call it crazy. Call it call it whatever you want, but I think this is the human experience. And there are way too many people on earth who are suppressing their human experience. You know, what we've normalized in our society is don't, don't freak out. Don't feel anything. Be polite, especially if you're socialized as a woman, right? You're told to just like sit quiet, be pretty, you know, don't rock the boat. Like your whole thing is not fucking rocking the boat. And so for you to be an actual enlightened, alive human and feel everything, it feels like you're losing your mind. But Mm -hmm. actually everyone else is crazy, not you. Oh my gosh. I feel like, um, was it Eckhart that says that a lot? That what he talks about that um, we have these conversations in our mind and we're like talking to ourselves <laughs> and he's like, and we don't think that that's crazy. But then if somebody walks down the street and they're talking to themselves, he's like, you look at that person, you're like, wow, that person's totally out to lunch. But like that's happening in our own minds all the time. Oh, a hundred percent. And I have to talk to my thoughts. I have to, yes, right? Me too. Because the brain, you know, I had a really good um, example given to me by someone recently who was saying, we don't get mad at the stomach for creating stomach acid, you know? Right. So- You can't get upset or judge or blame the thoughts coming from your brain. The brain is supposed to generate thoughts and thoughts are supposed to help you make sense of the world. But some of those thoughts are really negative. Some of those thoughts are really violent and mean. And, you know, one of the yogic principles is of nonviolence. And that Mm. that goes between you and others and between your own ears. And so I've been really adopting that recently, like just nonviolence. I'm like, I'm not going to be violent towards myself. And so sometimes I can't help what what thought comes in. We've all had that thought like, oh, what if I like just drive into this tree right now? Like, you're not actually going to do that. And you didn't consciously choose to dr- think it. But everyone's had that thought before, like driving to work. Like, what if what if I just like, you know, swerved over here, right? And so I, <laughs> I use that example all the time with my clients because sometimes thoughts will just pop into my brain like, you look ugly. Or like, 
you suck. And like, you don't know what you're doing. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I have to talk to them. I'm like, do I look ugly? What does that even mean? Like, I think that the key here really is becoming so, so, so curious about your thoughts and actually starting a dialogue in your own mind. And, and just like I would funny with you. Because, yeah, you're almost having these multiple conversations at the same time. And it, it part of, I feel like the journey for you and I has really been distinguishing between those voices. Um, and I know for me this past week, something that has been really helpful, I'm, I actually had to talk with somebody who's actually going to be a future guest, guest of ours. And one thing that she really helped me to understand was the difference between ego versus spirit. And that has, for me, really helped to understand who's talking, you know, who, who's, who's driving these thoughts right now, you know? Right. And is it fear or is it love? And yeah, yeah, is this ego or is this a spirit thing? And and for me, and we kept talking about this even before we started recording, you know, I have this need to know, you know, like what is going to happen and, and how do I plan and how do I, how do I know what I should do right now? And I, I want to have all this control, but I'm like, ego wants control. Spirit knows. Spirit's chilling. Oh, yeah. Spirit's fine. Spirit doesn't Spirit's know Spirit's not in stuff. a rush at all, no. right? Because there's nothing to get out there. It's no. all coming from in here. So spirit's like, what are you looking for? It's like looking for your phone and, and it being like, it's in your hand. Yeah. Look at your hand. It's right here. Yes, so it's like, stop being in a rush. Like stop, stop literally doing that thing you do when you look around the house for your phone in a rush and it's in your hand. It's like yes. basically spirit's like, stop doing that part because it's not out there. It's not over there. And that's so hard for people to understand if you've been raised to be attached to creating certain conditions. So mm-hmm. I think that in cap, you know, we grew up in capitalist societies, most of us, right? Where we're taught that what you do and what you have determines how you feel. Yeah. Right? Do this work, have these things, then you'll be happy. So it's do have be. But yes. the law of attraction rever- is a reversal of this formula that we have yet to still question so many of us. It's be the energy, be in the energy that you want to have, right? Mm-hmm. Match the energy of the desire that you have. Do actions, right, from an aligned place where you do not care whether or not this thing happens because you are already in the energy. And then reality reflects back to you the energy that you've been emitting this entire time than you have. So it's actually mm-hmm. be, do, have, not yeah. do, have, be. And yeah. so if you're still in that pattern, then you do get like, ha, 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 I, I got to go get that thing and I got to know because you're like, I can only be that when I get that or when I mm-hmm. do that. And so the chase and the hustle like just ends completely when you realize, wait, everything I ever wanted was a feeling, a freaking feeling. It's not actually that I want this many dollars. It's not actually that I want, you know, that sports car. Those are things that I have unconsciously attributed or associated my positive feelings with. And so I'm feeling like shit as I try to get those things because I think I'm going to be happier over there. But you are totally in energetic opposition the entire time you're chasing this thing. Mm, I think one of the biggest eye-opening things for you and I recently has just been, we have gotten a lot of stuff that we've been wanting to manifest. And Mm -hmm. there have been a lot of times where you get everything you want and you feel the worst you've ever felt. Yeah. And it was, I remember saying to you, I said, this is actually really good for me and for you to just know that it's not the thing. It's It's never the thing. It's It's never always, it's always what I'm thinking and judging um, about the moment. It's always coming from my thoughts. And so, you know, you already know this, but when I coach my clients, like we don't work on creating conditions in the reality to be perfect so that you can be happy. We're questioning why you even need those conditions to be there in the first place. You know, what's the unmet need? What happened to you in childhood? Like, why are you attaching your happiness to that? And did you know that your happiness is inside of you? Yeah. Right? I think that's the hardest part though, because for somebody who's just starting out, 
it's like, but if it was that easy, like I would do it. Or it, it's hard to believe that it is that well, much in your control, right? Yeah. It's, it's, and it's, and you, a lot of people don't want to believe that because yeah. well, what that is, would what mean is, that they're screwing it up this whole time or whatever. They might well, think that's, that. That's the heartbreaking realization when you have your spiritual awakening that you've yeah. been making it way harder for yourself and that <laughs> yes. everything you were doing was actually a waste of time, right? Yeah. Because Abraham Hicks talks about how if you do anything from the opposite energy or the wrong energy, you take all these actions, you feel like shit, but you want to go do that, that thing, and, and then you want to feel better over there. She's like, you're really just vacuuming without the cord plugged in. Like none of that's going to do anything because even if you get the thing from this energy, now you you have it, but you're going to be afraid of losing the thing. So you're going to try to get more. You're just on a wheel. It just never stops. I actually heard this analogy the other day um, that basically just said that when we're trying to control um, the circumstances and trying to control life, it's like driving with the emergency brake on. Oh, isn't that I so good? Because love- you... You can, you're still driving, you can still be moving, but you're driving with the brake on that's just making, causing so much more resistance. Well, you're driving you through realize, resistance, yeah. Yes, exactly. And that that analogy really helped me. I was like, oh. I love that. And going back to what you said about like, it is really that easy. I just had a client inside of the group. We're in um, week 10 right now out of 12 weeks. And she just manifested buying a house for her mom. Mm. And what's, cra- and she's like freaking out. But what's crazy is, week two, she told me that this was a desire that she had. But what we uncovered was that she wanted to buy her mom the house so that she could feel worthy of her mom's love. And so, and that was the healing work we had to do, right? It's not about figuring out how to get money and do these actions to to get the house to make, to get the thing. It's like, no, 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 no. We need to go to the, the root cause, right? Not the symptom, the root cause. Why do you want this thing? And so that's, and it was heartbreaking for her to realize, but when she healed that, then she was able to let in the feeling of worthiness and love and abundance before this thing is yeah. to manifest. Because if you're going to attract anything, you got to match the energy first. Yeah. That's the law of attraction. Mm. And so we were able to heal and release and dissolve all the blocks to feeling that worthiness, realizing that like what her mom thinks about her or doesn't think about her has nothing to do with her inherent worth. And so as she began to uncover and release this, she started walking around like she was already the most worthy, rich person in the universe. And what's so funny is that she'd been trying to buy a house for like over a year, like looking for the one, not hitting all the boxes, you know, not even having enough money and like, you know, just kind of floating around the deposit amount that she needed, but never finding the exact one. And then after this session that we had recently that I call becoming unconditional, right? Feeling how you want to feel regardless of what the conditions are outside of you and releasing all the blocks that you have to that. She called me or was messaging me and was saying like, oh my gosh, Sam, like I just feel so rich, so abundant and like nothing's even happened yet. But like, I'm just so obsessed with this feeling that I don't Mm. even care what happens. And I was like, that's how I know you're about to track something. And then, and then two days later, she was like, Sam, I just bought a house for my mom. And I was like, what? Like I had shivers. And then she basically kind of like walked me through the process. But she was like, yeah, like every other morning, like I normally do, I just look at my phone and like, I wasn't like looking for anything. And so here it is, the detachment, right? Now she's not like, oh, I got to find the right house. I got to find the perfect one. She's just like, she's just checking to check, finds this house and it's literally perfect. She's like, it's like in the perfect location. It checked all the boxes. I called the agent. They're like, yep, it's still available. Do you want a property tour um, or showing? And then she was like, yep. She scheduled that right away afterwards. She was like, I'm going to write an offer, did that. And she was like, what was so crazy, Sam, was how easy it was. Why was it that easy? And I said, because you weren't in resistance. 
Yeah. You were in the energy of already having it. And so all of those steps weren't being opposed by you, right? And I said, what's interesting is that you were doing objectively hard things like getting a loan, talking to the mortgage broker, right? Talking to the realtor, negotiating a contract, you know, signing these documents. Those are objectively difficult things for most people. Yeah. But she was like, I felt no stress during it because yeah. I legitimately didn't care if it worked out because I already felt the feeling. And so that all happened within like one week's time. And she she was like, I get what you mean now. Time has nothing on alignment. And it doesn't. Mm. It doesn't. As soon as you take that emergency break off, oh my God, things just, they just fly into your reality. And so if something is taking a really long time for me, I know that it's time to check my beliefs again. It's time to check mm. my thoughts. It's time to check my vibe because there's something misaligned inside of me. It's not that, it's not the reality that's effing up. It's me. Yeah. Sometimes though, I think that can also trip people up. And I guess I want to also normalize that, that you can, you know, you know that and you're like, okay, like I'm going to become an unattached. I'm going to release. And I know that things, time, time has nothing on alignment. So then you become aligned and then you're like, some time goes by. And then sometimes you, then you're like, but wait, I thought like I've been doing good. And like, I thought this was going to really happen. So sometimes just in general, getting attached to a timeline, I think has been one of my biggest triggers. And so I try to focus on, you know, alignment, not necessarily so that I can get the thing faster or that because now time won't, won't exist and it'll just come to me, but really just being aligned to be able to see through the eyes of spirit. I think that's been the biggest mm. thing for me because I feel like when you can I just feel like I'm like adjusting my focus and I can just see things so differently when I am connected to spirit. Um, and, and like, I think, you know, having inner peace and having that inner freedom, it's not about not having conflict. It's not about having no resistance. It's about being able to have the capacity to be with what is and be able to observe each moment without that judgment, without the ego coming into play. And, you know, being able to just be in that energy, like you set up of alignment, but not in expectation of, okay, I'm going to do this so that I can get that faster. Right. I think that's a really, really just very, very small, thin line that sometimes people can kind of um, not be aware of. Cause I know that I fall into, into that trap for sure. Well, it reminds me of someone being like, oh, like I've been really nice to you for so long. Like wh why aren't you like giving me anything? Or like, oh, I've, I've given you so many things. Like why haven't you given me something? It's like, okay, you can't, can't give someone things with the expe expectation that they're going to give you something back. That's not totally. true giving. That's yes. still trying to receive something. To so you're actually manipulating this person. And so that's what's happening with you in the universe. You're like, okay, universe, I'm going to be positive, positive, positive. And I'm going to think all these positive thoughts, but I'm going to do it, wink, wink, so that I can get like what I want. Yeah. And yeah. what's so funny is this brings me back to something we learned in the Abraham workshop, which is that she often will laugh at the clients who say, okay, fine. I'll feel good so I can get what I want. She's like, yeah. that is what you want. Yes. It literally that. is what you want. And that just broke something open in, in me because right. I have been that person who's like, fine, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to take care of myself. <laughs> I'm going to be happy, damn it, so that I can get some shit. And I'm like, wait, the shit is not the happiness. Like, I want the happiness, not the shit right. or the stuff. Right. Like, And so what's so um, incredible now is that I've been able to access my happiness through myself, through my thoughts, mm. not through things, people, or places, or events. Yeah. And so when I experience those events, I enjoy them. Or when I experience those places, I enjoy them, but I don't get attached to them, right? And if you get attached to it, then you you believe that your happiness comes from it. So we talked another time about how when I came back from Tulum, I thought that Tulum was like 
the place that no, I you would to legit go. thought you were gonna move and I, I was thought like, I was is, gonna she, sell- is she gonna move to freaking Mexico like for real <laughs> I mean my, my my Spanish did get really good while I was there but I um yeah I basically experienced such an incredible just joyous time right I experienced joy within my own body while I was there and I was falsely attributing that to Tulum I was like yeah. it's this place it's the eco chic vibes it's the hot wind in my face underneath the stars. But it it wasn't that. It was that I was in alignment. Mm, that and kind so- of reminds me a little bit of being a parent. I'm, I'm just kind of going to give an analogy here because I feel like a lot of parents um, get attached to their kids when they were babies. Mm. And I'm like, oh, I just want to go back. If I just have one more day when she was like, you know, a couple months old. And it's like, but this is also awesome. You know, when it kind of takes away the enjoyment of the age that they're currently at, when we when we falsely believe that when they were that small, like that was the best, or I need to go back to that time. So that reminded me of that. That's so true. You're attaching your positive feelings to that time, and we do like that even age. with our, we, we do that with ourselves. Like, oh man, oh my gosh, like when yes. I when I was 21, like I was so happy. And it's like that had nothing to do with the age, yeah. right? That's just what your ego is doing to you know measure this false illusion of time. It's like, oh, when I was 21, I felt this. But that feeling is not exclusive to age 21. You can feel that feeling, which is inside your body at all times, right? When you're 31, 41, 50, it's age. And that's why I'm not afraid of aging anymore because I used to think that, oh, I'm going to feel terrible when I'm old. But then I realized that my feelings don't come from my age. My feelings come from my response and thoughts about my age. And so I don't have to have these negative thoughts about aging and then I don't have to feel shit about aging, right? Yeah. But um, that's hard for people to understand, right? That your age or really anything that's happening outside of you is just a neutral event happening. And what you are experiencing emotionally is the unconscious or conscious response to that thing. What are you thinking about that thing? What are you judging about that thing, right? Mm. And that's what we become conscious of as – that's what we become conscious of as coaches or help people become conscious of is what are you judging about this situation? Because that's where your negative feelings are coming from, not yeah. the thing. And that's like what so are you hard. making it mean? Right. And that's so hard for people to believe because – and that goes to the negative and the positive side. Something can happen outside of you and you can think that's the thing that's making me feel bad. And then something positive can happen to you and then you can think that's the thing that's making me feel good. Totally. And so we're attached either way. Whereas when you become free, it's not that these things don't happen anymore. Things happen while you're alive. You know, things are happening. Cars are moving. People are walking, right? Yeah. Things are happening. Things are falling from the sky. But your reality is created by your chosen perception of such things, Mm -hmm. which is why someone on this very day could think this is the worst day of my life and that be very real to them. And I could think this is the best day of my life and that would be equally real to me. I mean, I'm thinking about our podcast episodes and think about it. We've listened to our episodes. I mean, there's a couple that I've listened to more than once and it's insane. Our response to the same episode is totally different. You know, I remember at the very beginning we listened and we're like, this is terrible. And then now we're like, oh my gosh, this is like, we love it. And we, we, this was such a great episode. And so, and it's the same episode. Right. It's like watching a movie at different times in your life. Yes. You know, I watched When Harry Met Sally when I was 17, and I thought that movie sucked. I was like, that was <laughs> yeah, boring. I've never was, even seen it. It's so it's, – it's the perfect movie to watch, like, in your mid-20s if you, like, 
haven't fallen in love yet, but you might love your best friend, but you don't know you don't know it yet. But it it was unrelatable to me at seventeen. Right, I thought it right. was just a boring old movie. I was like, whatever. I don't give a. I don't really care for Meg Ryan. Like that was kind of my thought when I was seventeen. <laughs> and then my partner had asked me. I want to say like three years ago. Oh, have you ever seen When Harry Met Sally? And I said, Yeah, it's not that good. And I was basing that off of my 17-year-old perception. And he right. was like, then why does it have such high ratings? Like, why is it one of the best movies? Right. Like, like, so this is the time. thing. The movie's neutral. Is it good or is it bad? Depends right. on who you are. Depends on what mm. you think. So I thought it was bad. But a thousand plus people thought it was really good. And so we watched it together. And I actually really liked it. I thought, mm. this is actually not how I remember it. Because I've now changed. My perception has mm. changed. And so reality is changing around me as I do. I think that's also what I'm loving about this conversation is like, I think the way that we've viewed ourselves has also really changed. I know for mm. me, that's been such a journey for me. Um, and what one of the patterns that keeps coming up is I've, it's been such a long time that I thought a certain way about myself, right? It's kind of like you, like mm. you've thought for such a long time that Harry Met Sally was such a bad movie. Right. Um, but then you can change that. And I think Anytime. that's when I'm re at any point. And so I think that's what I keep coming up with is, oh, yeah, I can change my mind about the way that I see myself. But there's this false belief that because I've thought this for such a long time that that is the way that it is. But I'm not who I was back when I was thinking those thoughts. I'm a totally mm. different version of me. And so from this elevated version of me, how do I feel about me? Um, it's kind of like even having kids. You know, there's a lot of people that are like, I would never have a kid. And then they have a kid and they're like, this is the best thing ever. You know, the version of you at the time thought that. But who? what's the version of you now saying? Um, and I think, um, you know, on that same kind of path of just like changing the way that I see myself, something that's been really helping me is just you know, am I feeding the spirit or am I feeding the ego? You know, which story am I perpetuating? Which story am I adding more lines to or like more chapters to? And yeah, I think just really tuning into the fact that I'm a new person. I'm becoming more me than I've ever been. So I'm seeing me in a way that I've never seen myself before. And so that way I can have a new definition of who I really am and who how I see myself. Because um, I kept getting pulled back. Mm -hmm. To my old thoughts. And that's the pattern. To the past. Right? And you're yeah. being pulled to thoughts of the past, which isn't here anymore. And, yeah. you know, adding on to that, you know, the way that we heal trauma, the way that we heal our past is not by changing the past because yeah. we can't do that. Yeah. Right? We heal our trauma and the past by relating to it in a new way. Right? Yes. Really seeing the past as a gift. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, that needed to happen because that was what propelled me to go over here. And that was what made me realize this. And so, you know, if you were heartbroken or I don't know, like if someone got sick, right, these are objectively, you know, dark things, but a lot of your perception about them was, is what's creating your additional suffering. But if you could relate to this thing that is now unchangeable, right? can't go back, you yeah. know, how could you create a new reality for yourself? And so a lot of people are, you know, what I frankly call victims to their reality, but mo more than victims to their reality, they're victims to their past, yeah. right? Oh, that thing happened to me. If that hadn't have happened, then I wouldn't be here. If that, this, that, and the other, and your circumstances do not create your reality. It's your response to them. And we know that because there are people who share those circumstances with certain people, but have completely different realities. Yeah right? Because it's not what happens to you that determines your life, but how you respond that really creates your life. And also you can change the response, right? I mean, I think 
that reminds me of this song idea that I shared with Sam, um, because I think for a long time as I was healing through uh, my inner child stuff and the way that my my parents kind of raised me, I kind of had this thing running in my head of like, it's because of you, like, I'm like this. And it's because of you, I have all this shit to work through. And it's because of you, like, I have to, you know, have all this trauma and, you know, these bad patterns. And, you know, as I went to therapy and did coaching and did all of this healing, that really changed to, it's because of you that I get to be the kind of mom that I am. It's because of you that I have this level of empathy. It's because of you that I understand. I understand pain and trauma and how to transform that. It's because of you that I went on this journey to find who I really am and be connected to spirit. And so now like that because of you has completely shifted. And so I guess I just wanted to, you know, share that with people so that even if you have been following a story for a certain time, like you can also shift that as well. Um, But I love what you said about that, that, you know, your circumstances, they don't create your reality. And I think a lot of people buy into that, honestly, because I think it's comforting. Yeah. Well, it also does not force you to have to change anything. 100%. Because you're like, it's not my fault. Right. As long as you you blame the circumstances, then you don't have to do anything. Right. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to do anything ever. You know, I always tell my clients, no one here is going to force you to change your thoughts and perspectives. I am here to shine light on what your perspectives are creating for you and your reality. You get to decide if you want to change them. And so once they realize, oh, it's my judgment of that situation that's creating my suffering, not the situation itself. And you can, like you said, change the response. And so that's why Eckhart Tolle actually talks about how these term the terminology of good versus bad he said that's not even real because it's so temporal meaning that it can change over time yeah. so how could it be real if it was good at one point but now it's bad or vice versa right. you know when i was living in new york and i was like suffering from a lot of panic attacks and like my eating disorder i just remember thinking like this is this is bad right and mm. it wasn't enjoyable obviously but my response to that time now looking back is that it was good like her pain is what gifted me everything that I needed to transform and become the person I am today. Because of her and because of what I went through, I am able to effectively manage someone else's response to like their reality. There's so many things that I learned from that time, although it was quite traumatic, but I would never take that back. And so my perspective on it is that it's exactly what I needed to grow. And you know what, whether or not that's true is really neither here nor there, but that is what propelled me to become the version of myself that I am today. And so- There is nothing, 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 nothing in your life that has happened that you cannot change your response to, right? No matter what has happened to you or what you think will happen to you, you will always have your own ability to choose your response to it. Mm -hmm. No one can take that away from you, which is is actually why I'm not afraid of things happening anymore because whatever happens – I still have I still have me. I still have yeah. my response to that. And so it could look like my life is completely falling apart. It could look like it's a terrible thing. And it reminds me of that. You've heard that short fable, right? Of the man who got a horse. And everyone was like, oh, like you got a horse. You must be, you must be so happy. Like we're so happy for you. And he was like, yeah, maybe. And then the mm, next day. Yes. Yeah, the next a, a day. Book. Which book? 
I can't remember. I feel like I read that in a book recently. But anyways, continue. Sorry. Okay, but then the next day, the the guy's son is trying to break in the horse, and the horse bucks him off, and then yeah. his son breaks his leg. And then the neighbors are like, oh, man, too bad you got that horse. Like, you must be upset that, you know, your son's <laughs> yeah. leg is broken. And he was like, yeah. maybe. Like, oh, it's such a bad thing yes. that happened. And he's like, yeah. I don't know, maybe. You know, next week comes around, and then the army generals show up, and they're like, we're drafting all men over the age of 18. But this guy mm-hmm. has a broken leg. Right. And so I love that story so much because we have such limited information in the in the current moment to determine whether or not this is a good or a bad thing. You don't yet know how this dot connects to your next dot. Right. And so you having a judgment right now is an unconscious reaction and it will largely be patterned. um, You know, it'll be a pattern that matches kind of how you've responded before, right? Mm. If these kinds of things happen, you generally respond this way. That's kind of what you're going to get. But you can become conscious of that reaction and choose to see it differently. I was recently telling a client, it could be the worst thing that ever happened to you. I don't know. But what does believing that it's the worst thing that ever happened to you give you? Right. What emotional and, you know, physical reality does that present you with? And what would how would that change if you were to see this as potentially the best thing that ever happened mm, to you? I love that because that kind of goes into uh, Byron Katie's last question of, like, who would you be without this thought? Mm-hmm. And I always think about that, you know, if I am kind of stuck into a negative feeling or thought. It's interesting nowadays because I have the awareness in those moments and I'm like, I could just change this. <laughs> And, you know, sometimes that creates more resistance for me, to be honest. Um, But for the most part, I'm kind of like, okay, like I know I can change my feelings around this. So, you know, how how do I want to feel instead? And and it's been kind of then this experiment almost. And I encourage all of our listeners to try, you know, anytime you are feeling a negative emotion, just ask yourself, like, who would I be if I didn't think this? And Mm. and what kind of person do I want to be? How do I want to respond to this? If I could respond to this in any way that I wanted, like how would that look? And I think that's also helped me a lot because I'm like, oh yeah, I can just do that. (laughs) Um, Right. Oh, right. I could just choose my response, right? Right. You know, there are times when I can be in conflict with someone and I can't change what they're currently thinking about me in that moment. We've talked about this with our fights with our partners, right? That they, they'll have yeah. this perception of us in the moment or have an incorrect assumption about what our intentions were. And in that moment, I really can't change what they're thinking, yeah. right? And if I believe that I can change what they're thinking, then I feel really out of control and insecure and anxious, right? I need to change their perception of me so I can feel safe. But I don't have control over people's perceptions. I only yeah. have control over what I think about what they're thinking about me. And so sometimes, you know, Someone will hold a perception of me that has been made clear. And I'll just think to myself, but that isn't true. So I don't have to react to that. Like that's literally just not even true. So why would I get upset, right? Actually, if you do get upset, if you do get triggered, that's a mirror that's showing you something. That's showing you that maybe you do think that's true. And that's something that Mm. is, that's something that you've been trying to hide or, you know. Or it's just a fear that you don't want other people to think that about you. And there's something there too. Like, why are you afraid of somebody thinking that about you? But that's the shadow work, right? Yes. That is figuring out, wait, why do I think this is bad? Like, when did I become conditioned to think that that would be wrong? And in what way might that actually be good, right? And integrating that. And that's why contrast, I I love contrast because it's only through the contrast that we get to see these holes in the boat or these cracks that 
ultimately are there to just reflect things back to us. But I think for most people that are not awake or not conscious, you just think of them as like, oh, here's another thing that's going wrong. Here's another thing that's going wrong. And you use it as confirmation bias to prove why you have the right to be unhappy, Mm -hmm. you know? So Well, that actually reminds me, someone recently for an interview asked me, you know, what do you say to the people who don't believe in manifestation? And I was like, oh, that they're manifesting proof that manifestation works, right? But it's in the wrong direction. So every time you say something like, I don't believe in it, and then because you are manifesting experiences that you do not want, you're just proving that it actually works. You're just using it in a a dispreferred direction. So Mm. you're saying it's not working, and you're emanating the energy of like disbelief and like, you know, fear and lack and insecurity. And so you keep creating experiences that reflect that back to you. You're just proving yourself right. Totally. But if you if you turn that around and were to actually live in positive expectation for things, then you could see how things would change. But the best example I can really give to people about this is, you know, if you are feeling anxious, right? We know that you're feeling anxious because you are creating an imaginary future scenario in your mind that you think may or may not happen that you are afraid of. Mm-hmm. It's not happening yet. Wherever yeah. you are right now is in the couch, um, in the car, you know, in the kitchen. And it's happening all in your mind. Yet your body, because it doesn't understand the difference between past, present, and future, it only knows present, it mm-hmm. experiences that emotional signature now. So even though that that worst case scenario that everyone hates your stuff or thinks you're stupid isn't happening, you feel anxious now. And then you continue to magnetize that type of experience into your reality or it stops you from taking action, which keeps you where you are, which continues to cycle you with anxiety. But if we can do it with anxiety, we can do it with gratitude, right? Mm -hmm. I can feel gratitude, prosperity, luck, joy, happiness for something that has not happened yet. And if you have resistance to that, then babe, you're already doing it. You're doing it with anxiety. You're doing it with fear. And so just every single mechanism I've ever used in a fearful way, I've just switched, right? If I can feel negative expectation for a bad outcome, I can also feel positive expectation for an amazing outcome. And I just live in that all the time. I'm like, and I also recently told my clients about how from the present moment right now, your negative and positive futures are like two infinite possibilities. And it's like Schrodinger's cat right? That example of like before you open the cat, is the cat dead or alive? And Mm. it's both until you confirm it, until you open the box, right? Mm. Both of those possibilities exist. And so the same goes for your future, right? You could be believing in a negative future or a positive one, but the reality is that from right here, right now where you stand, both are possible. It's a Schrodinger's cat situation. And so if both are possible, which one am I going to tune into? Yeah, That is the choice that you have. Not what happens, which one are you tuned into? And the one that you are tuned into, energetically aligned with, that will come into your present reality. Mm. Reality I, will reflect you. I actually read this thing on, it was such a random Facebook post, but it actually really helped me. Um, it was some story about a grandmother who had to give her granddaughter some advice that something terrible just happened to her. And she asked her granddaughter, um, her granddaughter was like an adult. She said, are you a carrot egg or coffee. (laughs) Have you heard this before? No. Keep going. And so, you know, of course she's like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, but basically she was talking about boiling water and Mm. she said a carrot softens in boiling water. An egg hardens in boiling water and coffee changes the water. Oh my God. 
And I like my brain exploded because oh it was like, God. what are what the boiling water oh is our God. life experience. So are you going to let it soften you, harden you, or are you going to change it? Oh my God. Uh, I'm taking that into my coaching program. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Facebook. Beca- but that- because all the time I tell my clients, it's not your circumstances, babe. Yeah. And we know that. I'll give another example. Earlier, I talked about the good day, bad day thing, right? It's just a day, right? But what you are judging and how you are responding to the day is creating what day you're having. Same thing could be true. And I thought about this last year um, because I thought I was pregnant, remember? (laughs) And so I (laughs) I thought about a pregnancy test and how the neutral situation of a pregnancy test having a symbol on it. I don't know what the symbols are, but let's say the positive symbols on it. To someone in the world, that is the best fucking thing that has ever happened to them. And they are, and that is going to be remembered as the best day, right? Yeah. And best moment. It's, it's going to be ex- associated with joy and luck and just inspiration and excitement. There is also another person, many persons probably, who are looking at that and thinking, this is the worst day of my life. What am I going to do? This is terrible. Mm-hmm. Now, a positive symbol on a pregnancy test, right, doesn't mean anything. It just is like yeah. everything else in this universe. Yep. But your experience of such thing is coming from you. Your reality comes from you, which is yep. why even after you watch like a movie or like a book, you'll say like my life changed. What changed between watching the movie at the beginning and the end when you're walking out of the theater? Nothing. You did. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, this is changing your experience of life. And so if you really want to change anything, have to start with you. Mm. Have to. Yeah. One of the things that I have really been um, rooting into from Abraham Hicks is just about doing the vibrational work first. And we are so mm-hmm. conditioned to do the action steps first and do like the work first. What can right. I do? What actions do I need to take? And it's like none of that is going to quote unquote work if your vibration is not in the right frequency. And so I think so many of us have it backwards. And it's something that I've been really introducing into my own practice is kind of like, okay, I'm not enjoying what's happening right now. And my brain automatically goes into, okay, what do I need to do? And that can look like booking a million sessions with, you know, psychic astrologers, (laughs) like therapists. And I'm like, okay, I need someone to tell me what to do. But then it's actually been the most freeing thing because I'm like, oh, no, I just have to do the vibrational work. And guess what? I don't need to pay for that. Like, that's just me. I can just just meditate. (laughs) Literally just meditate, you know, and just knowing that actions don't change feelings, thoughts change feelings. And so we can change our thoughts and we can transform those. And that's just been the most empowering thing for me. Um, And so, yeah, this is actually really helping me a lot too right now. So. Well, that reminds me of what I said earlier. Didn't I say that earlier about how capitalism has the formula backwards? They tell you do, have, be. It's like if you do all this, then you'll be happy. And it's like, no, law of attraction. And that's why law of attraction is so – it's so simple, but it's not easy for people because you've been conditioned to do the things in order to be the happy or be the joyful or be the successful. And it's like, no, you got to be successful first. Right, mm-hmm. you got to be happy first. Mm-hmm. You got to be in love with yourself fucking first. It's like none of that stuff is going to make you happy if you don't have it within you, which is why there are people who achieve what we consider to be traditional success, but they don't even feel it within themselves, right? Why is yeah. it that celebrities like end up in rehab? Like they have quote unquote everything, right? Mm-hmm. But everything is nothing if you don't have your own self-worth, your own self-love, your own self-acceptance within you first. And so if you want anything in life, 
do the self-acceptance work first. Mm-hmm. Because any amount of things that you achieve outside of you, they won't give that to you. Mm-hmm. It's such a sick joke, honestly. <laughs> I you know? know. I literally just said that to somebody yesterday. Because I, I honestly had to get so many things to realize it's not, it's the, not the thing. It's not the things. It's I'm missing the energy. And so the law of attraction is energy work. So we have to stop like making it about the thing or taking the actions. We have to make it about how do I want to feel? How would I feel if I already had that thing? And what is stopping me from aligning with that energy now? And so sometimes if you are having trouble with that, I suggest you just role play with yourself. Like you are going to wake up and you are just going to role play like you are already in that reality. And you can do this with the simple exercise of walking. I literally, and my friends were joking with me when I was in Vegas, but I literally walk like I'm the richest person in the room. It's free. No one can take that away from me. It's my energy. Mm. And I walk like things are going to happen for me. I walk like I'm going to receive things. And the whole weekend, we were just manifesting so much free stuff. And it was like, it's honestly no surprise though, because I'm already in the energy of having it all right? Mm. I'm literally an energetic match. I'm not like, please give me stuff. Then I'll feel happy. Then I'll feel worthy. It's like, no, like I, I am worthy. I do have it all. Mm. And so then the reality just begins to reflect that back to me. And it's like, hey, you want this? You want this? You want this? Yeah, I'll do this for you. And I'm like, oh, this is fun. Like I can just play in my own energy. There is nothing stopping me from accessing my own freedom, my own happiness. And when I do that, reality responds to it. Mm-hmm. Right? Because that's the law of attraction. Whereas everyone else is like, hey, I'm really unhappy. Help me manipulate and use this law so that I can get stuff to be happy. Mm-hmm. And law of attraction is like, you you got it wrong, babe. Like you're you're only attracting now what is in alignment with you, which is more anxiety and more stress, which is why the destination feels like the fucking journey. So totally. if you felt anxious getting there, you're going to feel anxious when you get there. Yep. Right. Um, the example I always use is relationships. If I feel anxious in love and then I'm in a relationship, I don't actually feel happy. I just feel anxious that this person's going to leave me. I feel anxious yep. when they don't text me back. I feel anxious that they talk to another girl. And it's like, that's not happiness. That's just more anxiety. And you thought you got what you wanted, but you only feel that happiness in doses when you get, you feel safe because certain conditions are being met. And so then you become controlling, you become manipulative, mm. you become the crazy girlfriend. That's like, where were you? You said you were going to be here five minutes ago. And it's like, that's because you outsource all of your feelings to the thing, the person. Yeah. And they yeah. don't belong to the person and the thing. They're coming from you. Mm, I love that. And I think that's been one of the biggest lessons for, for both of us and anyone who's on this journey is really understanding that you have to find a way to fall in love with right now. And that doesn't have to mean you like everything in in your reality, but there are things that you can find that you do love about it. Because as long as you believe that you can't love your reality right now, you're just not going to keep getting more of that. And I think for me, that was honestly, that that was my money journey, right? I had to find a way to fall in love with my current reality. Um, It wasn't necessarily quote unquote what I wanted, but I had to find those things that I could appreciate, the things that did make me feel abundant. And I think that that's the other thing too. I feel like when people get really specific on trying to manifest stuff like money or opportunities or a relationship, we're so close-minded because you're only then looking for examples of that one way of abundance, like only money. And where's the money? And then you're completely closing yourself off from like the millions of different options that the universe wants to give you in Mm -hmm. abundance. The analogy that I came up with the other day was it's kind of like only shopping at one store for one shirt that you really want, but the whole mall is closed. 
You like you don't get to go look in any other store, but like the universe really is like this huge mall that you get to like go into that store and you're like, hey, I kind of like that top. You get to go in the next one. Oh, I didn't even try on these kind of pants before, and now I like them. You know, I think that that was really the ticket for me to start manifesting more money than I've ever thought was possible was first really being open to other methods of abundance to come to me, not just money. I was so right. closed off. And once I opened myself up, it was like the rainfalls just started falling and so did the money. But right. well, I had to notice abundance- the other things first. Absolutely. And that's because abundance doesn't come from like the abundance of things for outside yes. of you. Abundance yes. is realizing that you are the source of your own abundance. Yes. Right? You know, I feel abundant because I know that every single idea that would ever generate money, any product or service that could come out of my mind, it's coming from me. I am the literal source of the abundance. I'm so abundant, not because I have stuff, right? I'm abundant because I have my creativity. I have my feelings. I have all this this within me, right? Which is why the mystics say everything is already within you. And I'm really starting to root into that. But it's all here within me. And so when I vibrate that abundant energy, not because of what I have, but because of who I am, then reality begins to reflect things. And I have stuff. It's the be, do, have, yeah. Right, not the do have be formula. Mm. I remember that conversation we had in Deep Cove that day, and I think the biggest takeaway was like, I'm rich because I'm me, not because I have these things. Exactly. You know, I'm not rich because I have a certain job or because I took certain actions. Like, I'm the one who is causing all of those things to right. happen or not happen. And like, if yeah, and if you're rich because you have money, well, then your self worth is on very shaky ground because the amount of money you have or don't have, it's constantly fluctuating. Yes. We don't just like store exactly $1 million in a vault at Gringotts Bank and like yeah. we are worthy now. It's like yeah. the worth is going to constantly be swaying and slipping and sliding. You know, money goes in, money goes out. You know, someone says something negative, some, you know, then your worth is constantly low because it's getting knocked down and then you're having to build it back up like through actions and conditions. Whereas if you could just root into the inherent worth, worthiness, right? And the acceptance, then you're not you're not so privy to these little fluctuations and really mm. the dynamic nature of life because nothing mm. stays the same. And that's another thing. We're, we as humans, we're so obsessed with static. It's like, stay the same weight, wake up the same time, do the same thing every day, make the same amount of money. And it's like, no, like life is changed, right? We're never in the same moment twice. Nothing is the same, you know? If that's why you go back to a place for a second time and like it's different because like obviously like you're in a different energy, there are different people there. It's like things are constantly shifting and sorting, but if you can root into and really ground, like you're like a tree and like your roots are like, I am in self-love, I'm in self-acceptance, I feel worthy, then like you're not, then the wind, it blows, yeah, and your tr- your branches move and things kind of shift and, sh- you know, but you, you're not, you're not unrooted due to it. Oh my gosh. I love that. Cause when I go on my long meditation walks, I'll just stare at a tree and I'll just look at it. And I'm like, wow, you're just here growing. <laughs> like no matter what, you know, yeah, there's snow yeah. on you, there's rain, you'll lose all your leaves. They're gone, but then they just grow back and you don't move. You just keep being your tree. And I, I imagine mm. myself like in the weather with all the seasons that are changing and I, I'm just still there. And even if it like half of it burned, it would just keep growing back. And so it's just kind right. of this remembrance that like no matter what happens, we can always find ourselves again and we can yeah. always find our way back. Um, oh, but you know, I something that, that came up while you were talking 
was um, I feel like so many people, myself included, have expended a lot of energy on like trying things like, oh, was this going to work? And let me try this and let me write, read this and let me try to like book this session. And, you know, it goes back to that sick joke thing where if you just put that energy into trying to find ways to appreciate, you know, what you already have, if you can use that, you know, that energy to try to notice the way that spirit is working in your life if you actually just use that energy it's actually a lot less energy to just try to look around and actually connect with things that you can love about your current reality or find examples that in and of itself would completely change your reality faster than honestly anything else because you don't have to wait for anything to happen it's already right. in front of you. Well, in um Joe Dispenza's book Becoming Supernatural, the I think the tagline is like how basically how common humans are doing the uncommon. Mm. Basically he's explaining like how are certain people like doing the shit that they're doing. Like if we're all yeah. human and we all come into this world with very similar capabilities, like what is actually separating right. these these from the others? And it reminds me of the very essential difference that Abraham distinguishes, Abraham Hicks, is the upstream versus downstream battle, right? Yeah. When you are already in energetic alignment, so let's go back to the formula, be, do, have. When you energetically first line up with what you want to have, then every action you take is not against yourself or in the opposite energy. You're just taking the actions, but they feel they literally feel effortless. They feel mm. easeful. It's not that you're not doing anything. You just do them without fighting. You do them without fighting your own energy and resistance. Mm. Now, that's like, imagine, right, we're in a lazy river and I'm going in one direction, the direction the river is actually flowing, and then I start stroking the water. I move very fast. Yeah. Like all of a sudden, like I'm, I'm, I'm down. Like I'm down at the riverbank. Like I'm right. gone. If we start at the same place, but you start to stroke upstream at the same point, that is what you are – that is what's causing your delay, right? Mm. It's, it's not that you're not swimming. And that's why people feel like I'm doing everything though. Like yeah. I keep taking actions. I keep doing stuff. Why is nothing happening? I'm like, because you're swimming the wrong way. You're swimming yeah. from the wrong energy. You're in insecurity. You're in doubt. You're in fear, anger, shame. And you're trying to take these actions. And that's not in alignment with what you want to be experiencing. And so you're driving I'm with taking, the emergency brake on. You're driving with the brake on. And so I'm taking the same amount of actions as everyone else. I'm not actually like that productive. Like I I have my moments, but you know, there's only a few things I do a day, but I do them with ease and with clarity for the most part. And as I'm doing <laughs> that, I just notice like it feels easy. And so when it yeah. starts to feel hard again, that's how I know my energet- my energy is off. And what's funny yeah. is my habit is to do more, right? Yes. But that's not that's not what you could be doing or should be doing. That it's, is when it goes you need back, to stop. Yes, it goes back to doing the action work versus the vibrational work first. Right. Well, it's it's what Abraham talks about changing your situation versus changing your state. Yes. Oh, right. And what's yes, so, so ironic good. is that the only reason why you'd want to change your situation is to change your fucking state. Totally. So she's like, change your state. Then go back to situation. I want to talk about that though, because I feel like this for some people might sound like, okay, just change your state. And I know that you actually went through this recently too, where you're like, but this doesn't feel like that much better. Like I'm a Mm. little bit better today. And I'm like, but that is changing the state. So an example that Abraham Hicks always gives is about a a train. And if a train is going, you know, I don't know how fast trains go, but very, very fast in one direction, but you're like, I want it to go the other direction. It can't just like that just switch to the other direction that would, you know, obviously cause some sort yes. of accident. But it has – what does it have to do first? 
right? Stop. What does it have to do first to, to turn the other direction? It has to start slowing down slows down and then it stops and then it can start going the other direction. So, you know, when we make these steps towards the path of least resistance, not no resistance, but a path that is of less resistance than what you're currently feeling, it might not feel like it's a lot, but you are slowing down that train. And so in essence, you are changing that state. So I think sometimes another trap that we can fall into is, well, I tried changing it. Nothing's happening yet. But it's like, that is better than yesterday. That is better than an hour ago. And so really tuning into that shift that it is changing and and you just have to keep following those breadcrumbs, right? Just keep on shifting a little bit. The train is going to keep on slowing down. And then eventually from that more elevated state, you'll then slowly be able to start to be inspired to know kind of what thoughts to have next that will start moving the train in the opposite direction. So I wanted to touch on that because I think myself included, sometimes it's frustrating when people just say, just change your state (laughs) because it sounds so simplified and it sounds like it should be something that happens immediately. And sometimes it can, sometimes it does, but well, there's, there's tools, right? You know, you can't just change your state with your thoughts. You have to change your state through your body. Right. And so that's why it's really annoying when people say like, just think positive. It's like, that's mm, no, like trying to think positive when I'm thinking negative might actually just put me into more negative. For example, if someone's thinking, I hate my body and I'm like, just say you love your body. That is, you're in such disbelief of that thought. It's in such energetic opposition to you that it's just going to frustrate you and put you more into the negative vibration. So if you want to shift your state, you have to get away from the mind and drop back into the body. And so you, you can use music, you can use dance, you can use breath right? You can use tapping. Um, And so when I am getting in a really heightened nervous system state of fear, I'm feeling that like, I got to take this action, right? If you're hearing that language, like I got to do this, I have to do this, I have to figure this out. And it's all an anxious um, motivation. then that's really a signal for you to take a minute and realign your state by doing some sort of body-centered practice. So Mm. I will generally do movement plus breath work. So that looks like, for me, easiest thing for me is to just put on music and start dancing. I just, even if I don't fucking feel like it, I'll just put on some Hillary Duff or something and just start (laughs) moving around because that's my inner child's favorite music. And then after I felt the energy sort of move, because that's what, that's what anxiety is. It's energy, right? It's It's energy energy waves moving through you and it needs to be sort of expelled. So once you've moved some of that, then you can go into say a breathwork practice. Um, You can use open, which I talked about at the beginning of this app, but it's such an incredible way to really activate that nervous system and then put you back into a state of rest and digest or that parasympathetic nervous system. And so from that place, you can actually make clear decisions. Um, Mm. I think one of my therapists once told, therapists once told me when you're in emotion mind, meaning that there's a lot of emotion, whether it's like anger, sadness, anxiety, she's like, that's not a time to like really do anything. Like emotion mind is at the forefront. It's kind of like who's driving. Like you well, said that's at the, the tantrum. That's the that's tantrum. Exactly. I'm not going to so, teach my daughter the lesson while she's in the middle of a huge meltdown. Like she's not right? hearing me. She's in emotion mind. We yes. have to get her back to what's called reasonable mind or wise mind, right? Mm. So we do that though through the body because now the body is having an emotional response. Your body, you've been thinking so many negative, fearful thoughts all day that now your body thinks there's a tiger outside and is reacting appropriately, right? The yeah. body is, I almost consider my body and my organs like they're literally blind. They, they don't know what's going on out here. My yeah. eyes and my brain are the signals that are telling it what's going on. And so yeah. if my my brain is saying, oh my God, this scary thing's going to happen. Oh my God, no one's going to like me. Oh my God, this. then the brain is, and the body's like, oh my gosh, like, should we be scared right now? Like, is there mm-hmm. a threat? And so mm-hmm. my body's getting prepared now to literally fight or flight. And so I have to work with my body, but that's my mm-hmm. tip. 
Yeah, that was actually one of the pieces of advice you gave me. I remember when I was having a, a pretty bad downward spiral and you were like, just don't meditate, go do yoga today. And do you remember yeah. I left you that voice note after and I was so relaxed. It was you actually were so the, Yeah. But this is the thing. I think I need to clarify that or just simply state that you will definitely resist it. Like in that state, you really think you do need to take more actions. Like that's the only thing that's going to make you feel better. But you have to remember that if you are conditioned to take actions to make you feel better, then you have to consistently continue taking those actions. Mm. And that's creating that energy of hustling and chasing. So when I was in a really heightened nervous system state last week, I hated it. But my partner just kept saying, you need to go work out. And I was like, Fuck you. I was like, I was like, no, I don't. Like, but I just committed. Um, I like got out of my head and I decided, okay, every single day this week, we are doing vigorous exercise, like spin class, like Barry's boot camp, like weightlifting, running. I was like, I'm just gonna fucking do it because it's the only thing I know that works. And so that's interesting. Cause I think for me, that's definitely not what I reach for immediately. It does help. I think that yoga thing for, for you, I think for me, vibrationally, the way that I adjust, it really is just through like, I guess, meditation and journaling and crying, I guess, but <laughs> well, crying honestly. is a great way to expel the energy. I don't, I'm not able to call upon crying as easily. Yeah. And yes, I do have a, pretty good relationship with exercise, but I, I would not have recovered as quickly as I had if I hadn't have just literally forced myself to go because yeah. I knew it was going to be good for me to get and out I of think, my head. And I think that's, that's the whole journey though, is you have to really figure out like, what do you need in those moments? And I think that's why like, you know, on this journey for me, I've, I've developed my connection with spirit enough that when I ask like, okay, what, what does ego's need right now? And what does spirit's need right now? What does ego know about this right now? What does spirit know about this right now? And that for me has really helped because I think as I feel anxious about something, I'm like, ego's anxious. Spirit's, spirit's chilling. <laughs> spirit's, spirit knows. And that's yeah. literally all I have to say to myself is spirit knows. And then that, what really does that mean for me you? Back into trust. Honestly, what that boils down to me is that spirit knows that everything is always going to be okay because everything's always working out for me. Yeah, spirit there you has go. infinite intelligence. Spirit knows so much more than I do, and spirit has so much more wisdom and you know connection to source energy, all of that kind of stuff. And I, I don't, right? So just trusting into spirit, and I think for me that trust, you know, has always it really has always been there for me. So I am really lucky that I do have this very deep rooted faith that I am always taken care of. Um, and now I just have this understanding that all of those anxieties, all of those fears, really just stem from my past conditioning and from ego. And so for me, I'm really able to separate in those moments, at least for right now, that's working for me. Um, I think, and then I can kind of go into, I guess, the movement because then spirit will say, I'm like, Hey, what does spirit think about this? What does spirit call on me to do versus what ego ego is going to tell me, go freak out, go talk to every single person about this, go find help, go, go take actions. But then spirit's like, let's move your body. <laughs> and then I'll go move my body. So I think just tuning into that and you really do have to kind of go on that journey with yourself to kind of know what quote unquote works for you. And also knowing that, cause I know you've done that before. You're like, I've done all the workouts and I'm still feeling like this. And so that just means like, that's not, that's not it right now. That's not it. And, um, so I think sometimes we can even get attached to that. We can get attached to things that work. Right. right. So, well, you can get addicted to your spiritual practice and like, oh, I got to do this stuff so that I can feel good. And then you're still trying to meet conditions yeah. rather than, yeah, rather than just feeling into that energy and then just watching those conditions be met. Right. So, you know, anything that you do, whether it's a spiritual practice, you know, workout, um, going to work, anything, 
it really doesn't matter what you're doing, but really the energy that you're doing that from. Yeah. Right. Am I working out because I'm fearful of like how my body will change or what it looks like because I hate myself? Or am I working out because I love to move my body and sweat and feel my strength and connect with others in the community while I do it? You know, those are going to really create your experience of such an activity. Right. And that's why there are people who love it and people who hate it. (laughs) Well, that's the thing, too. It's like who wants to do the workout? Is it ego or is it spirit? Right? Ego's right. going to want to work out to like fix the thing and get the thing where spirit's like, let's just go to move our body and connect with other people. Yeah, humans, so. so true. So ego, that's a really great distinction. So anything that's coming from the ego is if I do this, then I get this. Yes. Yeah. Spirit yep. is I am this and I feel like doing this. And I just be. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not doing the action as a means to an end. It's mm. being already there. I remember Aaron last, we talked about creating from completion, oh, you know, so I love I, that, which I love because, you know, maybe you have a goal to lose weight and that's totally fine. Right. But can you go to the gym or go and work out from a place of I'm already who I want to be and where I want to be. And, and I'm embodying myself. That. Yeah, yeah, and I'm embodying that energy. That's what's going to change your body. Because yeah. let's just talk about on a physiological level, the energy of love, it's relaxation. And yeah. now your stress hormones have stopped freaking out. Now yeah. your body has stopped attaching itself to extra water molecules and carbs that you're eating. So on a physiological level, a lot of things shift regardless of whether you're working out or not, which is why mm. there are stories of women who have like – I remember I was reading a lot of things when I had my binge eating disorder about how when you fall in love – even if you don't change anything about your diet and workout routine, you lose weight, right? Mm. How, how can we explain that? Do we lose weight by working out? One of the factors. But it's also like an energy game, right? Yeah. It's not just about working out, which is why I can work out not that often and someone needs to work out way more. Also, genetics play into it. I get that. But yeah. why is it that someone who's falling in love yet not changing anything about their diet – actually, when you start dating someone, you start eating more – you totally. like eat together all the time, right? But you lose weight. And that's – I can attest to that because it happened to me. I remember I was forcing myself after I quit ballet. I was like a little – I was at my heaviest, which is so odd. But it, it really it really just showcases how much stress was in my body. And when I quit ballet, I thought I need to keep working out so I can stay small. Like I'll just, I'll just get huge if I stop working out. So I worked out from so much fear. Every time yeah. I went to the gym, I was driven by fear. It was like, oh, I have to go. Otherwise, I'll get fat. I have to go. Otherwise, I'm going to look ugly. And none of this changed my body. I just kind of stayed like the same, right? Yeah. But I thought that was what was maintaining my weight, right? And then I fell in love and I actually stopped going to the gym. I stopped working out because I was just happy with myself and I I didn't Mm. feel like I needed to redeem my self-worth anymore. And I started eating a lot too because I was just enjoying being with this person and like, you know, we're just eating and like drinking and I lost weight. And I remember like when I got – and I stopped weighing myself every day. But like I remember when I weighed myself like months later, I was like, that's so odd. I have done nothing to my diet and workout routine except stop it. And my weight is actually more balanced. And, oh, my face looks less puffy and I have less acne. Like, you know, this is an energy game. And, yes, there are actions you can take to support you. But you need to line up with energy first. Mm. Do the vibrational work first. Do the vibrational work first. And it's it's easier that way. And then when you do the actions, yeah, you don't have to fight. Like, it's so much – easier. Like I love it. Um, I was talking to a friend yesterday and 
you know, the conversation was going, kind of going around like what we have our control over and what we don't have control over. And I was like, but it's such a relief to know what you have control over and what you don't. Like, it's so much uh, easier. It's such like, a relief. Isn't it yeah. so, like, thank God I'm not in charge of the how and the when and the where. Thank God. Thank God. Well, when you think you are, like, that's that's when you're fucking crazy. But like, even if you did, even if you, let's just say we did have control over that. Let's just say it, it was our decision of the how, the when, and the where. Let's just say my life would suck. Like, yeah. thank God I don't have the option to make that part of my control. And then there's something kind of, like funny about that, that kind of lifts like, oh yeah, like I don't even want that responsibility because I I don't have infinite intelligence. I am not source, like I am of source energy, but I'm not that, you know, I don't have that connection to um, that future knowing of every single thing that could possibly happen, all of the infinite possibilities that could potentially happen. And so it really, for me, I'm always like, thank goodness. All I have to do is think about what I want and why I want it. That's Awesome. And then and line up with it. Code, all I have to do is try to adjust my vibrational, yeah, my vibrational work. Like, great. That's so much easier than having to take action. Right. But the so, confusing thing for most people is, but what do I do? <laughs> right. They just keep coming back yeah. to that. And the, the answer to that is you do take actions, but you don't take actions in order to secure your safety or your self-worth anymore. Yes. You take the actions because you enjoy taking the actions. That would be like being a painter and being like, hmm, I wonder what I'm going to paint so that other people will like my painting and they think I'm a good painter and like, you know, validate me as a person. Like that's not authentic creation, right? Mm -hmm. You paint because you you love to paint. And then the results of such painting speak for themselves. Like, right? And you don't create music Actually, when artists do this, they hate their careers. When artists end up creating music for the purposes of like yeah. um, hitting chart-topping tunes, right? Then they're like, oh, I lost my creativity and I left my label. And then we like don't hear from them for five years. I'm like, what the fuck happened to that artist? But when an artist is truly creating from a place of this is just what I enjoy doing, like this is the music mm. I like, right? We resonate with it. And, you know, we know that to be true because like, Look at Billie Eilish. I think I think she's a really good example. Like she's someone that just kind of like did her own like sad tunes and like millions and millions of people resonated with it, right? And it wasn't something that was meeting the then needs of the masses. Like the, the yeah. top the chart topping song was not, you know, someone kind of being like depressed in their bedroom, but <laughs> she was authentic to herself. And then a lot of people depressed in their bedroom were like resonating with it. Like, you know what I mean? So it's, you have to create for the sake of creation itself. You have to do things for the sake of doing it. Like if you don't, if you want to work out, but do it because you want to move, like do it because you feel like doing that, not because you're doing it to get a certain result. Well, that was literally the next example I was going to give going back to the working out thing, because if you work out because you're like, oh, I have to be able to like, like the way that I look, I want to feel better about the way that I look. So I'm going to work out and do all these workouts all the time. You're likely going to be doing workouts that you, you actually don't enjoy. Whereas when you exercise because you want to feed your body and because you want to be able to like feel good and breathe better or whatever. And and the, the intention behind that is more about just the connection with your body, then you're probably going to be finding things like that you actually like doing. Like maybe you'll play soccer. Maybe you're going to start, I don't know, going roller skating like you did. Yeah. You know, like that now you're looking for ways to move your body to feel better and to be doing the vibrational work. Like what do I enjoy doing more versus taking the action of I want to just do this so that I can get things. So I feel like that's a really key distinction. Um, Yeah. And if you're constantly just doing things to get things and like your whole life just feels like a race and like a race to what? Yeah. Where are you trying to go? 
right? And I love Brene Brown. I was listening to her a few days ago, and she was talking about her daughter going to college. And she said, you're not allowed to pick your major for two years. And her mm. daughter was like, but, but everyone else is picking. She's like, not you. You are not going to be on a race to nowhere, is what she yeah. said. I love that. She was like, you are going to explore. You are going to play. Yes, I want you to do well in school, but you, you're 18 years old. You don't fucking know what you want to do. So you're mm. going to take interesting classes. And, and then this girl took like German history or something like that. And, you know, a bunch of different random classes that I wish I had allowed myself to take. But totally. her, her thing was, you're not on, you're not in a race. It's not a competition. There's nowhere mm. to go. And there's nothing to prove. Like, that's the biggest thing. It's like, there's nothing to prove. She's like, I love you. You are worthy. You are Mm. just here to play in your own own energy and figure out what you want to do with your time, how you're going to enjoy it and how you're going to share it with people. And that does not need to happen by 20 years old. Totally. And honestly, with, even with my daughter, it's, I just tell her every day, your only job is to have as much fun as you can have. And isn't that what we tell kids? Literally. I mean, think about M. I, I remember having a joking conversation with her, and this is Gina's seven-year-old daughter. Like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, what are you going to do? And she was like throwing out some options. And I was like, you know, it doesn't matter what you do, right, Em? Because you're going to do it and you're going to have fun doing it. And it's not going to matter what you do, but how you do it and who you are as you do it. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if she got it. But important thing is it's really not about what you do or what you get, but how you feel on the way. Mm. And I think honestly, the most depressing thing is, and you and I have been there a couple times, like getting things and not feeling happy with ourselves. It feels like the absolute worst failure. It's like, you know what it does feel like? It feels like, oh my God, I have to do more to feel happy. Yes. Like this didn't do it. Oh shit. Like I have to double this now. And, and so, yeah. And so that's why I'm saying it's such a freeing thing when you're like, oh, I can just feel good without any of those things. Um, I'm really loving this conversation. Um, but I think we need to start, uh, wrapping this up, wrapping it up, wrapping it up. Well, Um, we'll just quickly announce to our audience that we're actually, we're getting the details together. We're manifesting it, but we very soon want to record a live Q&A with you all. Yes. We love talking to each other, obviously, but we want to talk <laughs> with you. And we received so many incredible messages. Thank you so much for all of Oh my of gosh, your... we love the messages. Love I the know. comments. We love them all. We love yes. to hear which episodes you guys like too. Um, yes. I always love hearing that, what you guys want to hear more of, and yeah, what episodes have been really resonating. And we want your reviews. We want your yes. thoughts. Um, and so to to anyone who leaves a review, please send an email to what's our what's our email? You know, just spiralinghigher at gmail.com. Yes. If you rate and review, review it, take a picture, send it to spiralinghigher at gmail.com. You will be put on the list for our live podcast QA. We're gonna do a manifestation QA and we're gonna record it. And it's going to be a podcast app and we want to talk with you all and vibe. So details on that. On that note though, about the reviews, you can only leave reviews on Apple Podcasts. Um, So if you listen on Spotify, maybe just download the podcast. I mean, the Apple Podcast app. um, And then you can leave a review on there. Everyone has an iPhone. Just go to the Apple Podcast app. You totally have it. And leave us an app. Leave us a review there. Um, You can delete it after, I guess. But um, (laughs) the app, not the review. Yes. (laughs) 
if you if you leave the review, send us a screenshot, and you are yes. one of the first people that we that will know about our live podcast Q and A, which oh is going to be so excited. I think next month. Yeah, yeah, we're planning to have it in October, and it's going to be on Zoom. Um, and Sam and I will be together recording, and then yeah, just talking to you guys and engaging with you, and you can hear and see it all being done in real time. We want to know you because you have made this so much more fun, right? Yes. Knowing knowing that it's resonating and knowing that you're getting something from it, right? Well, we've and we've so- some phenomenal stories. I mean, some people that are going through some extremely, you know, hard times in their life, but they're finding so much solace and knowing that they're not alone and hearing, you know, from the stories that we share with our guests. And ultimately that's really why we started this was for me and Sam. Um, and just knowing that we always wished we had a podcast like this. And so we just, yeah, we just love it. And we just are really enjoying spiraling together with all of you. And so please continue to share with us, leave us comments. If you're not following us already, we're on Instagram at spiraling higher, and you can find both of our handles from there. Um, and yeah, don't be shy. Send us all the messages. We read them all. Yeah, we are so grateful. So we'll see you on the next one. See you on the next one. Thank you so much for listening to this honest conversation. We hope it brought you peace, clarity, and a little bit further along your spiritual journey. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to us if you left us a five-star rating and review so we can bring you more conscious conversations, spiritual topics, and guests. Here's to spiraling higher.